Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. My friends, welcome back to a very exciting episode of the Storybox today. It's exciting because I have a personal hero of mine. He's someone that has flipped my perspective on what excellence really is. He has helped me in so many different areas of my life from afar. I guess you could say that he is a personal mentor of mine from a distance, now a little bit closer because we got to connect uh, more, more recently now. But Horst Schultze is his name. And Mr. Schultze and I did connect back last year. He was one of the first people to actually say yes to being on my podcast. And we had a great conversation back then, but sadly, the audio quality was terrible from my end. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to release that conversation. Nonetheless, uh, the story box has grown since then, and I wanted to bring him back on with a much bigger audience so more of you can actually hear this wise man's powerful message and story, because I have no doubt that it is going to help so many of you out there. His message on how excellence wins is so uh, so needful in, in today's society, because honestly, and this is something that my grandfather used to teach me as well, that having an excellent attitude about whatever it is that you do is by far the most powerful resource that you can ever take away in your own life. If someone tries to take away your achievements, if you have an excellent attitude even towards that, they don't win, you win instead. And this is a a kind of philosophy that uh, Mr. Schultze uh, teaches to a lot of different people. And his book, Excellence Wins, a no-nonsense guide to becoming the best in a world of compromise, is absolutely astounding. It is one of the books that I highly recommend people go and buy. Uh, you need to read this book. I cannot uh, highly recommend it enough um, if that means anything to you guys. So it's available anywhere books are sold. This is not Mr. Schulze uh, asked me to plug this. This is me sharing to you guys. This is a book that you need to read, absorb, and uh, live 
essentially all the wisdom in this book because it will change your life. It has changed my life on a number of different levels. But anyway, for those of you that don't know who Mr. Schultze is, he is regarded as being a legend and leader in the hotel world. Mr. Schultze, uh, his teachings and visions have reshaped the concepts of service and hospitality across many different industries. His journey began way back 65 years ago as a server's assistant in a German resort town. Since then, he's uh, worked uh, for both Hilton Hotels and the Hyatt Hotel Corporations before becoming one of the founding members of the best hotel company in the world, the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. He founded it in 1983, which is honestly incredible that it is still today regarded as one of the best hotels around Mr. Mr. Schultze was also recognized as the corporate hotelier of the world by Hotels Magazine in 1995, so a year before I was born. He was awarded the Ishikawa Medal for his personal contributions to the quality movement. In 1999, Johnson and Wales University gave him the honorary doctor uh, of business administration degree in hospitality management. And you know something that was also interesting? Mr. Schultze... Uh, was good friends with Stephen R. Covey. Now, I've spoken with Stephen R. Covey's son, Stephen M. R. Covey, and it was Stephen R. Covey that convinced Mr. Schultze to write this book, Excellence Wins. But unfortunately, um, Stephen R. Covey isn't around anymore to see the success that this book uh, has, has made and the impact that it has made in the world today. But Mr. Schultze says that it was because of uh, Stephen R. Covey's passing that he decided, okay, I need to write this book. And I'm so grateful for the fact that he actually did write this book. All right, my friends, if you do get something from it, you know what to do. Share it around. Don't forget to leave a rating and review over on our podcast. Remember, go and get a copy of this book. Links are in the show notes below. Wherever you live, this is a book for you. Also, uh, my friends, you can go and watch the full video now over on YouTube. Okay, my friends, you know what time it is. It's time to journey with me into the story box and learn exactly why excellence does win. And we're also going to learn and digest all the wisdom from none other than Mr. Horst Schulze. How nice to be with you again. It, it's lovely, lovely to have you here. It's really a pleasure. It's all The pleasure is all mine. I mean... I can't believe it took me so long to get you back, <laughs> to be honest with you, but I'm glad that we could make this time um, to be together again. And some of the questions that I might ask, I don't know if you remember any of them, but I'm just going to to ask you some of the questions that I'm curious about. Um, we're going to talk to talk about your book today, the book that has shaped my life um, and and all, all good things. So I'm excited, but the the first question that I do want to ask you, Mr. Schultze, is what does success look like for you? Well, it, it, it's the result. And look, it, it, it's, if you will, I, I look at my success, my, my success in, in business, if you will, but there are many successes that you try for. It is uh, altogether as a, as a human being, let me answer. I, it's a complicated answer that I'm going to give you, but the question is complicated. 
Uh, what is excellence? Uh, meaning, what is successes? And as a human being, there's several successes that you work for as a human being. One is in the functions that you fulfill. That's your business. And and uh, and and if you are successful, is if you do your very best in whatever your function in life is. If you do your very best, and then of course, if you if you then re re achieve results. In my case, I started as a bus boy, and I and I ended up running and creating the two number one hotel companies in the world. Mm. Now, that is the result of the daily successes of trying to be your best, not perfect. There's no such thing than perfection in anybody. If you want to be a human being of excellence and consequently achieve successes, number one, what you do is you do the very best in your functions. Number two, you do your very best in your relationships because uh, you, you, and nothing happens without also having the right relationships. Mm. Doing your very best. Now, and again, I'm, I'm, pushing, I'm pushing your very best because perfect doesn't exist, but you try to do your very best and improve that very best constantly. And number three, what you do your very best is morally as a human being. You question yourself, you have to question yourself. And who am I morally? And for me, by the way, and, and, and I'm not uh, pushing that on anybody, but to me also it meant trying to do my very best spiritually. Mm. Now, if I put those elements together, you talk about a human being of excellence. And I'm not talking, no, talking about me, I mean generally. The meaning, functioning, relationships, morality and spiritual spirituality in some form or another. We all have that last part. Now, uh, the way you, you work on those things, and it's important to put in here, is that you have to question yourself. In all of those areas, could I do better? That's how you improve. Continuous improvement is essential. Otherwise, if you stand still, everybody will pass you by. So continuous improvement is a very essential element. doesn't matter who you are. If you're a dishwasher, which I was, you have to question yourself, could I do my dishwashing better? Yeah. And then improve it. Could I do my relationship better? And that improve it. And if you put this all together, that will give you great results, which you've done, others will call success. Mm -hmm. I call it hard work. Mm -hmm. I love you that. Know, love you it. know, excellence itself is never an accident. It's mm -hmm. always the result of high intent, who would I want to be? High intent in my relationships and so on, high intent. And then work, hard work in accomplishing those intents. And then people call it, he's successful. I don't call it, I said, I worked hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. I love, I love that definition. And for someone that doesn't have this understanding of, I guess, wanting to do their best or even knowing how to do their best, uh, how would you navigate someone that is currently stuck and they're trying, they're chasing perfection at the moment and they don't even like, they don't even know how to do their best or even give their best. How would you navigate them through that? You, you have to first come to the realization that you are a human being mm -hmm. that is created to do something higher. You, it's, it's not in, in work or whatever 
whatever we, we relate to, we call it work. We call it work when we go to 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 college or or to actually to work for an income. It doesn't matter what it is. It, that you don't should never go to work. You should never ever go to work it, because you see the chair on which you and I are sitting is working. We are human beings. We are created to reach for something higher. So the first thing to do is understand that and then say, make up your mind. I am what I'm, what I'm going to do, writing a book or, or, or playing soccer or whatever it is, I'm going to go and do my very best. And when I'm finished with it, I will question myself immediately, how could I have done better? Mm-hmm. And then you will improve. That's not different than, uh, let's, let me uh, relate to my business for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, create special events for New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve in all of our hotels. Mm-hmm. So there were there has plans have been going on to create those events. Uh, entertainment hired and all those things have been done. Promotions have been made. Now the thing to do is the day after New Year's Eve, latest on the second of January, sit down and say how could we have done better. What should we, should we have done better? What should we not have done? And then play, create a plan for, ne- for the next New Year's Eve. The same thing you do as a human, as an individual. You, you, can, you can't just say that should be, of course it should be done. Why are you doing it as an individual? Is that common sense? Yes, it should be common sense, but common sense is very little applied. Common sense is that you question yourself after you now take this step, take a step. I'm said, saying to yourself, I'm going to take a step. The next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to do with excellence. Mm-hmm. And then when you, as soon as you finish, say, how could I have done better? What didn't I do excellent? And then the question is, at the same time, if there were people involved, how did I do in my relationships? Because the judgment of what you do has more to do with your relationship than you're actually functioning. And that is the great thing. That has to be understood too. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, this is very important for people in business. And I, if I touch on that, the, the millennials, looking at you right now, <laughs> by the way, they're saying to over 80%, I will buy a product from you, even if I could buy the same product next door for less, if you serve me well. Yeah. Serving yeah. means relationship, mm-hmm. if you care for me. So this thing, to, to analyze the things in yourself, how you're doing, and then tweak them and improve them, however slightly. Think about you would do that every day from now on for a while. Mm-hmm. In three months, you have become superior to many. So don't, you're not stuck. We just stop for a moment. Now move forward. Mm. Is it hard to be excellent every single day? Oh, oh yeah. well, sure, you slip away from it, but it is not, it becomes it becomes a challenge to become, is it hard to play a difficult game of tennis every day? Yeah. Yeah. But mm. was it fun? Absolutely. Mm. So this is something that I absolutely love because my grandfather used to teach me have an excellent spirit. He was more concerned about my attitude, um, my integrity, how I, how I turned up and did a job is like, there's no point in doing a job if you're not going to do it well enough. Otherwise yeah. you're just, you're just being lazy. So has there ever been a moment for you where you felt like you didn't give your best? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And in fact, if you don't mind, I tell you a story around that. Go and for it. Yes. My my first made a deal where I worked as a busboy when I was from from 14 years old till 70. I was 17. Uh, he made it a point to tell me nearly every day, come to work to be excellent and not to work. I mean, he's the one that inputted that into my mind. Uh, and before I left, uh, he made me promise, look him in the eye and say, look me in the eye and never go to work. Always go to create excellence in what you're doing. Mm. I promised him. And of course, I was young and I was gone. And I went from there, I worked in Switzerland, worked on the America line, worked three years in Paris, worked, worked a year in England, and I went to the US. Worked in the... I worked in the in the hired in the Hilton Hotel. I'm sorry, in San Francisco as a room service waiter, with the intent to go back two years later to Germany after after I had a promotion to room service supervisor. Mm. That was my intent, and so I worked and I knew I would get a job because I was the best waiter there. I had great experience. The rest were people that took orders and delivered food, and. The manager of room service was German, so I knew I would get a job. Mm. And it became available after a few months, but I didn't get it. Mm. I didn't get it. Somebody else got it. And of course, what did I do? I reacted stupid management, and, and I was angry, I was hurt, my ego, everything. Yeah. It took me about three months, and I started to admit the other guy deserved it more. I, I was young and was partying a lot, came late in the morning, a few minutes, just a few minutes. I, from 100 yards, you could see that I was tired. When the manager said, do a little bit of side work over here, I said, why me? Why not the others? And, and things like that. The other guy never did that. He came in smiling in the morning, in time. When the boss asked for something special, he said, I'm happy to. And I realized... And I went to my little furnished room in the lousiest district in, in, in San Francisco at the time and talked to the Mater D. He mm -hmm. wasn't there, he had passed away and he didn't show up as a ghost, but I talked to him and mm -hmm. I said, forgive me. I went to work to work. I didn't go work for, to work for excellence. In fact, I haven't thought about it for a while. Forgive me and it will never happen again. Mm -hmm. And I, but then I knew I had to process myself in a way. So I wrote on my mirror and where I shave in the morning, large, go to work for excellence, reminded myself every day, go to work to be excellent. And, and I went through it and it was a struggle in the beginning and then became a habit. And my career became, took off like a rocket ship. Mm. Yes, I felt totally flat on my face on it. And then I had days in between, of course, of course. But I always was right back. I will not do it unless I do it better than anybody else, period. I remember reading that story in your book and it's sort of like I, I could relate to a story with my grandfather teaching me. It was like this massive rebuke. <laughs> it, was, it was to do with we used to go to his place and we used to mow his lawn. Uh, and here in Australia, summertime, it's stinking hot. I was a young kid. And I was young, so I, I had a stinking attitude before even showing up to my grandparents' place. My grandfather saw that I had an attitude. He could see right through me. I mean, I have a very expressionate face, so it's not hard <laughs> to not see it. Uh, so I did not, I visibly did not want to do my grandfather's lawn. Now, for my grandfather, he didn't care about doing the lawn at all. He cared about my attitude while doing it. Um, and then if he always wanted to, to instill in me, if I did a great job, 
with an excellent spirit and attitude, then I will get a reward as a result, yeah. not just for the sake of me, you know, having an excellent attitude. So uh, he watched me. So I, I did, I did my portion of the lawn, but then he said, Jared, you're good. You're going to do the, the other portion. My, my older brother used to do the other portion. I'm like, why am I doing that? Like I, I did my I portion uh, and I had, I chucked this massive rotten attitude and he's like, just do it. So I, I did both of them. And at the very end, my grandfather used to give us $20. Now back in those days, a lot, a lot of money, he didn't have to do it, but he did it. Uh, once again, instilling that excellent uh, attitude and spirit and the incentive. So I walked up to my grandfather and I, I held out my hand and I said, where's my $20? My older brother got $20 because he had a good attitude, but he didn't have to do any work. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had a stinking attitude. I didn't get any money. And he said, I don't reward bad attitude. I reward excellent attitudes. And I said to myself, like, come on. <laughs> like in that moment, through another stinking rotting, rotten tantrum. But as I went home, I realized my grandfather was right. And I quickly realized that having an excellent attitude and spirit about whatever I did, whether it was doing the lawn, whether it was uh, with my friends or family, whatever job it was, it was a far better option to have an excellent attitude than not. <laughs> in fact, Jay, he served you in that moment. And that's the, the word service is so often if you ask people to define it, even our industries that claim to be in a service industry can't even go on and define it. To me, service means, first of all, it starts to instantly make contact with somebody with a fine creating. And then it continues with complying to the needs and wishes of the customer, of those that you serve. It's not about you anymore, Dan. It's doing the best for the other person. They are very best for the other person, even though if that other person doesn't understand it, but doing the very best for, for them. In that case, he did the very best for you. Mm -hmm. Giving you $20 wouldn't have been the very best in that moment. No. The very best is to serve your attitude and serve you for the future. And that's what it, what it, what it did. And of course, so service exists out of the wishes. Also see in my book, welcome, complying to the wishes, doing the best for the other person. And the, the third one, it's not, of course, farewell. But the middle one, they're doing the best. It's not about you anymore. In that moment, it's about the person opposite you. Yeah. You're doing the very best for them and helping them to make the best decisions. Mm -hmm. That's serving people. What if you have a customer, and this is probably like everyone that has been in the service industry knows this all too well. They have a very stinking rotten negative customer that treats them with so much disrespect. How would you... Do you still show an excellent attitude or do you react and in kind? Why would you allow anybody else to make you less than excellent? Oh, that's good. Okay. Why would you allow them? Why would you like somebody with stinging attitude to make you less than excellent? We wouldn't allow that. And but now, now on the other hand, they are in if you're in business, there will be complaints. Mm. So, but we know from studies, and mind you, those are all facts. We know from study that 96% of people who complain, all they want to do is get rid of their frustration. Yeah. They don't want anything, but that they're frustrated. And if it is not accepted, the frustration goes up. Mm -hmm. So what you do when you get a complaint, by the way, we, we uh, in, in Ritz-Carlton, 
when I was running that company or when I, when I was running my next company, a Capella Hotel Company, we certified every employee to handle a complaint. And the way we certified them, we taught them, number one, when you get a complaint, pay good attention, look them in the eye and listen. Don't look to the left because a pretty girl walks by or whatever. Look, it's pay attention, total attention. Mm. So, so first listen. Number two, show empathy. Mm. Show how I, I, I feel really bad. And number three, apologize. Please forgive me if it wasn't your fault, even if it wasn't your fault. In this moment, you take it away. By that time, the complainer feels embarrassed that they even complained. Mm. So now, if you want to carry it on, you make number four, if necessary, make up amends. Make amends. Some, sometimes whatever happened, if, it, if there was something missing, make sure they have it. And mm-hmm. then they like them. In our case, we, we taught anybody and then tell the story about a busboy in the, in the book. And, and when the guy complains about his TV and so on, a busboy said, please forgive me. I feel so bad, I buy you breakfast. Mm-hmm. But then he went further. He sent some cookies to his room with a note saying, I'm sorry, that was, now in that moment, that customer rather than becoming an enemy of a company becomes an an ambassador of you and your company. What we must understand in our, particularly in our workplace, we are constantly defining ourselves. And consequently, of course, the company we work for, but if the company that we work for gets a great name it will reflect on us. We don't have, have a great name too. We, 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 we don't just work there to fulfill functions. We're creating something higher. We are human beings. Mm. You know? So, mm. so and, 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 and if you talk young business people on the, on the, on the, on the line, on, uh, you, you must understand you, every time you go to work, you, you're not at home when you sit and watch TV. You're not defining yourself. Mm-hmm. You define yourself at work. That's where you have time to create something, create, earn an income, and define yourself at the same time. Man, it is so great. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. Exciting to go to work because there's so much more in that place. There is relationships. Mm-hmm. There's everything in a, in a place of work. Mm-hmm. Or in class, wherever you're connected to now. Mm. What do you think is the biggest mistake you've seen young people make when they start their business, starting out? Uh, uh, their, their own business. Yeah. I, I, I can't say too, too, many, too many that I have seen too many, but, I, and, and, but coincidentally, I talked to somebody today who's starting a new business and, and and I asked, okay, what do you want to accomplish with that business? So you, and it's a very interesting uh, idea of a business. I really like the idea. I think it can have major success. But I said, so, so, so if you do that, what will the company be in five years? Mm. Well, uh, he didn't have a vision. You have to create a vision for your organization. The number one question you have to ask yourself, where do I want to be with this company 10 years from now? Mm. now in Ritz, when I started Ritz Carlton, I knew there was no hotel. It was a, that was a year before we opened our first hotel. I sat down and said, what's the vision for this company? 
And my vision was very simply, I will create the finest hotel company in the world. In 10 years, we will be known as the finest hotel company in the world. And then I hired the first people and I told them, join me for that reason. They laughed, we don't even have a hotel yet. I, I, yeah, but that's why we're going to work from now on. Mm-hmm. With other words, create a purpose. Don't just create a work for you, yeah. create a purpose, but be sure, absolutely sure. Sit Once you think, yeah, that's who I want to be, not that's what I can be, that is not the, that's not the vision. Mm-hmm. A vision is a great, beautiful place in the future where you want to take that company to. Mm-hmm. Where you would like to be. And then you, but then you question yourself next. Well, will that be good for everybody? Mm-hmm. Will that be, if I accomplish that, if that is the journey and the being there, good for the investors, if there are any, good for the customer, good for every employee, mm-hmm. is it good for society as a whole? If the answer is yes, well, then you know what to do. Mm-hmm. From there on, you know your reason why you go to work, to create a purpose which is of value to all concerned. Mm-hmm. Not good good for you only. If it's only good for you, you're going to fail. And it's immoral. It's not moral. Mm-hmm. It has to be good for all concerned. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing when you, if you do. So whoever you are sitting there with a new business or relatively new business or in all the business and you don't have a vision, for crying out loud, sit down with yourself and agonize about that vision. But don't give yourself simple answer. Oh, yes, yeah, good for the investors. Why? Good for the employees. Why would it good for, for, the, for the employees? Mm-hmm. The vision. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I urge you to do that. Uh, otherwise, you're just stumbling around and, and working and doing something. It has to lead. You have to have purpose. You know, I mean, Aristotle already said, you need purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And so, so why, do, why do you go to work just to accomplish today? Why wouldn't it lead toward a higher purpose? High intent, excellent is, Excellence is never an accident. It's always the result of high intent. And that high intent is the vision that you have yeah. where you lead people to, and that will make you a leader. Yeah. I love that. I, I relate to it so much. I mean, starting this, the story box, uh, I wasn't going to do it unless I had a, a clear vision for it. And right. I'm curious for you, Mr. Schulte, when you had the vision for the Ritz-Carlton, did you notice that it changed at all over time or did it remain true? Well, that's why you want to set it, set your vision very, very high. Mm-hmm. So it didn't, change, it didn't change at all. What changed is strategies, people, mm-hmm. attitudes, all kinds of things changed. What didn't change was the vision. Yeah. Every time you, you, you fall back, and you you constantly focus on the vision as a leader. Let me let me let me model that for you for a moment. Mm-hmm. As the leader, what what makes you a leader? Number one, you have that vision. You have made sure it's good for all concerned. Number two, you commit yourself to it. You commit yourself to it. Absolute commitment. It's not just a pipe dream. This is what I will accomplish, no matter what I what I face in between now and then. Mm-hmm. Number three. You, you identify the steps that will take you to that place. 
And then you initiate those steps. Next, you keep focus on them. You see, that's where people break down. And that's where people break down. That's the difference between managers and leaders. Leaders will keep on focusing on the vision. Managers pretty soon will find an excuse why it cannot be done. And that's the enemy within you. Mm -hmm. That's when you find the reasons why a man can be done. Well, because maybe we have a setback, we have this. No, 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 the vision stays. Your values don't change. Your strategies don't change. And your values don't change. Your strategies change. Your your tactics change. Your places change. Your location changes. Your people change. But your values cannot change. And your visions cannot change. Mm. That's powerful. And I believe there's a Bible verse that says, without a vision, the people perish. I think without a vision, your business perishes. So if, if if you're just going along with the flow of things, especially when a challenge arises. And this is one of the things that I want to ask you, Mr. Schultz, is when a challenge does arise, how do you remain true? Is it going back to once again, that commitment and, and that, that excellent attitude of I'm going to remain as true as I possibly can, despite the challenge that is, is in front of me or the rejection. Well, it, it, that's part of the, the point that I made about focus. You keep on focusing yeah. on the vision, let the vision drive you through it. It, it, is, it is sometimes, it, that doesn't mean, look, I, I had a moment uh, during the Ritz-Carlton creation where two years in, I, I, I knew we wouldn't make it. I, 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 I had a setback. I knew we wouldn't make it. The setback was too great. Mm-hmm. I, we wouldn't make it. I had moved. I have given up a huge job. Uh, we hired, I was in charge of food and beverage operations for all the United States before to come there to start a new company. My wife had moved with me. Uh, we had a, we had a, we couldn't sell our house in Chicago and uh, we owned it and pay, we owned the cost on it. We, we couldn't, we had bought a new house. We had bills and that we had a new baby. I mean, I didn't tell my wife it didn't work, wasn't working because I didn't want to burden her, but I finally had to, because I knew now we wouldn't make it. Mm. So, that was two years, two and a half years in with Ritz Carlton. And I went to her and said, look, I have to sit down with you. We made a mistake moving here. So I came to that point. We all come to this points. Mm-hmm. And she said, she said, now she happens to be a great believer. She had prayed on the issue and she said, why would you argue with God? <laughs> I had prayed on it. Why don't I argue with God? Maybe we made a mistake. The job won't work, but we didn't make a mistake moving here. Just keep on, keep on focus on what you're doing and, and don't question God. I said, wow, I will never ever question, question God in front of you. But so, so yeah, I said, why would I, why would I even do this? All of a sudden I'm focused. I was focused and not making it, mm-hmm. which I was preaching everybody never to do, but I was doing it. And I said, the next morning I went to work and I got my guys together and said, okay, I know you all think we're in trouble. We are going to make it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go. Have you all worked hard? Yes. Could we work even harder? Yes. Let's go. And you know, the rest is history. <laughs> 10 years later, we were known as the absolute number one brand in the world. So it, it, it's just keep on. So yeah, you have moments of course, of course we are human. But but always go back to your vision. Mm. 
Oh, let it be the the guiding light, your purpose. Let it be the guiding light. Let it go. No matter, and, and you you find a reason thinking that you're even silly to think about. And I said, no, I'm no. There it is. It's the devil in me that makes me look at something else. <laughs> it's often it's oftentimes our egos that that stop us and cripple us and tell us that we're no good, especially yeah. when a challenge comes our way. Hundred percent. Your so. very own devil in you. <laughs> <laughs> The devil that we sort of unleash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. we, we just, I have a I have a saying that I often often use when it comes to when I notice like and oftentimes I won't even notice this until later. But when my ego is taking control, I've got to like I, I got to be persistent to put it back in its place. So I say, be persistent to remain consistent in the things that I want. So yeah. if I want to be true to my vision, be, be a true man of integrity, be excellent. Then I got to be persistent at it. So it goes back to the very beginning with what you were saying is yeah. creating those habits daily. So if you're daily waking up and saying, I'm going to allow this challenge to affect my life in a negative way, then obviously it is going to translate into your day. So yeah. I love that. I love that story. Yeah. So, so one more uh, uh, to you that listen. Look at your, look at yourself and say first of all vision, then write down below that commitment, then write down initiate the steps that it takes to get there, and then write down focus. And maybe underneath write that because you need to focus. You need inner fortitude, mm. and, and so you have to you have to commission and mobilize your inner fortitude sometimes totally mobilize it to keep on looking at the vision. The vision will take you and it will take you there. And you know, guys, when you get there, to be honest with you, when I look back and we were voted by everybody, the number one hotel company, in fact, number one brand in addition to that, was that the great thing? And frankly, it wasn't. The journey there was the great thing. Yeah. The journey with the people, with the wonderful human beings, the, 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 the difficult moments and the, and what were the best moments? Well, the difficulty, the difficult ones. Those are the ones when we had come, when I still have conversation with my friends and the, the, that were all running companies now about the time. And what do we talk about? Mm. The, the, the times when we overcame difficult moments. That is our hero moment of discussion, not when it went smooth. Mm. So that's what it is. Know that you, you will one day look back and that difficult moment that you face right now will be the exciting moment that you look back to. Mm. And it's the journey that you take. That is the, the, the value and the people that are around you. Mm. Couldn't have said it better if, even if I tried. <laughs> I love that. Um, Mr. Schultze, I am mindful of your time and uh, I do appreciate you taking the time once again to be on my show. I've got a couple more questions for you, if you don't mind. So you are, you are a man of faith and that's evident in your book. You do talk about it. And even your wife, you just mentioned is an incredible woman of faith too. So I'm curious, how has your faith made you an excellent human being? But let's let's talk about it. people. People have faith and don't don't get it even. Don't, mm -hmm. don't get it. Look, look. It's very simple. Uh, everything. Look, your destiny in life is the decisions that you make. Is based on decisions. I mean, decisions with high intent. Mm -hmm. 
at all times. Now think about it. It's all decisions. I'm in love with my wife after 43 years. I don't only love her, I'm in love with her. Why? I made that decision. I don't wait for that feeling. I don't wait for other things to I make the decisions about my life. And you have to be in charge of your decisions. Now, it, it's not, everything is a decision, even faith. Yeah. Come on. I, I went, I went jogging with my good friend, Stefan in Germany, I have a house in Germany, got there very often. We went jogging, went through the forest. And he always loves to talk to me about, about that faith issue because he's a proud atheist mm -hmm. and a great guy, by the way, and an intelligent guy and so on and so on. But he, you know, all of a sudden he stopped and said, you know, and he always likes to do it. And I, 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 I was hoping he wouldn't that day. But suddenly he stopped and said, you know, Horst, you cannot prove that there is God, you with your faith. I said, Stefan. Interesting. You can prove that there isn't. With other words, I you made a decision to not believe, and I made a decision to believe. So it's a decision that I made. But you know, the longer I made that decision, the more I know I made the right one. But incidentally, I made a decision for hope, and you made a decision against hope. So it, it, it's a decision. What's the, what's the big thing? And, and of course, of course, once you have that decision and you come to believe, it will help you through many moments in your life. Mm -hmm. I, I, I tell a little bit in, my, in the book about my story of having cancer, which was, mm -hmm. which was um, uh, told me it's, it's a fatal cancer and that I would have a year, 10 months to a year to live. Mind you, that was 26 years ago by every expert in America. So I made a decision at that time to rely on my faith and not to be feel sorry for myself. And, and, and of course, I had moments I felt very sorry for myself, but I went always back to that faith. So it helped me through those years. I mean, it was a very difficult time because I had very small children at the time, mm -hmm. three small children, and I, I wanted to survive to live, be with them. So I made a decision and it helped me through that traumatically. In any moment of real difficulty, you have somewhere to go. You have somewhere to go and say, okay, you are higher. I accepted, and, and in, a, in a way I, I went, made that decision for faith is because I felt it's nearly arrogant to think that I am it, or we assume being said, I felt that, I felt there is certain arrogance mm -hmm. there. And in, for instance, my successes, if you will, that you applied, implied, well, I'm, I'm, nearly, I'm arrogant to think it was all me. For some, somebody gave me a hand there that I, I believe. So, so I made the decision to believe that. that there you are. It's nothing else. It's just a decision. Mm. Yeah, very, very true. I have um, a friend of mine actually send me this uh, hero band and it says, trust in the Lord. And yes. it, I keep it on, on my wrist and I, I wear it now every every moment of every day to remind me that in my darkest moments i just need to learn to trust in the lord and be reminded of of that faith commitment you know because it is it is easy once again to because we are human you know yeah, yeah that's it i mean it's it's it, it people say oh being religious is such a dra, dra, la, la. My, my wife is not a la la woman but she's a full believer she in the morning she says okay i'm going for she gets up very early in the morning before me and she says, I'm going to go for a little walk around our, our place and hang out with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so. I mean, and it, it is people think, oh, there and there's some uh, religious fools who are, uh, who are ridiculous about it. But my God is, I'm I'm just accepting there's something higher than me who I can go to, and if there really is, that person must love me. Otherwise, they wouldn't have created me. I, there you are. I, this is it's it's a simple thing for me. Mm. I think I think people overcomplicate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just make it too too difficult for them to believe. Where where actually it is so simple. I mean, yeah, God yeah. talks about having the faith like a child, childlike faith is innocent. Yeah. But over time we complicate things. We make it harder on ourselves, So that faith can't be possible for some people, but yeah. I, I love um, having the faith, the size of a mustard seed, which is like yeah. Yeah. so tiny. If That's only right. everyone, and we're not trying to force this on anyone at all. We're just saying if everyone had the faith, so small just to believe God is real. He does love everyone and it's the best life possible. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. That's the, that's the honest truth. That's what I feel. That's what I feel. But then then you only have to also go from there. If you want, if if anybody wants to take it further and wants to really question it, read C.S. Lewis, Mm. who was one one of the greatest minds in the, Arguably, absolutely one of the greatest minds in the last century, who was a non-believer, who done wonder seek, wonder seek, and find out how to disprove to the to the public, to the world, and as a professor, uh, Jesus. And mm-hmm. he came back from that study and said, "I cannot. In the contrary, I have to believe now." Uh, look at people like that, or or Colton. You may not know Colton. Colton was one of the top people. In in uh, in Nixon's cabinet, mm. and uh, in the way, by the way, he went to jail after Nixon's cut, broke down, and he he said, "I can." He won, by the way, twenty six lawsuits as a lawyer in front of the Supreme Court. At, up to that point, the number one winning lawsuits, uh, winning uh, pleads, and he said, "I could I could prove in front of the that that Jesus was here." You know, after all, look at in our in our group, we we were pressured, we were pressured for jail time, and after we were pressured, we gave in and we 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 rapped and talked about uh, the 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 apostles, uh, eleven of them were willing to die for that truth. They would have changed their mind. They would have said, no, 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 it's not true. Before they were crucified themselves, he said that is proof. That is proof in itself to them. But for me, I don't need the proof. I mean, just make the decision. I don't need. I don't need anything. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a simple thing. But if you want to take it further, look at it, and, and it's great. It's another exploration as a human being. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful, and it is yeah. the best life that you possibly can live. And I think okay. we're both we're both examples of this <laughs> very fact. So, Mr. Schultze. Uh, for those people that want to get a copy of your book, and I highly encourage people to do, I mean, I've gifted it to several people that I know and I've, I've promoted it like crazy and I'll, I'll continue promoting it like crazy over the course of my Thank lifetime. Um, if they were to, to turn to any page or chapter within the book, it's, a, it's not a long read at all. It's quite easy for those people wondering. If they were to turn to any page or chapter in the book, that they're, they're going to get a renewed perspective in life, which page or chapter would you recommend they turn to? 
one. Then, then go to the last one. Then go to the last one. If you well, that is of course the, the rest of the story. Mm. The rest of the story. Then, then go to that one. If it's just one piece of life, but altogether, I uh, guys, I wrote it in a way. Uh, I tell you, the, I wrote it in stories because if I have to be honest with you. I, I have read so many business books. Hardly any one of them I finish. Mm. Once or two, they're so boring in their charts and this business. Come on, why not just tell the story around how it's done? And that's why I wrote it for people so it wouldn't be boring. Mm. I I try to condense it in 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 a, in a book that you can read very fast and very easy. So, and I wrote it in my mind, frankly, a lot for young people that saying, "Oh wow, this is not that." complicated and it isn't it isn't complicated Chuck got through that and said oh yeah this is easy i frankly in mine i had also my in my mind ceos mm. if they read it that they would have a bad conscience because they manage money and all kind of stuff but they don't manage really don't really lead people and 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 uh, toward successes really mm. so so I, I I had those things in mind. So it's very easy to read everybody. I'm not selling you. I'm selling anything. Look here. I have huge sales. There, I, one company recently bought 5,000. The CEO read it and bought it for all of its employees. Another company, 3,000. So so I have huge sales on those things. Uh, and that, that one sale or another, I appreciate you promoting it. And, as, and I hope that people read it because I hope that you had have a real meaning something in your hand that really will make you successful. Mm. This book, honestly, and I've said it many times and I'll keep saying it, it radically changed my perspective on many, many things. It wasn't just excellence. It was leadership. It was service. It was uh, relationships. It was money. It was stories too. I mean, that's one of the things that I absolutely love the most is stories because they, they, they help us learn. They help us grow. They help us understand life more. And I, I so appreciated the amount of stories that you did share because I was hooked. It was like a, a massive page turner for me. Yeah. And I, whole, I hope if you read it, you don't relate it to a company only, relate it to you personally. Yeah. That's the point. That's what I did. Yeah. So people can go and get a copy of your book. It's available anywhere books are sold. Um, please, Amazon, everyone. Or Amazon, called Amazon. Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, anywhere, go and get it. Um, Mr. Schultze, this is my final question for you. I could speak to you for hours, but I uh, want to be respectful of your time because I know it's getting late there for you. This is my final question for you. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Well... Again, let me tell you a story. Mm. Uh, when I opened every Ritz Carlton, all, all the new ones, when I was running the company or all the ones that we took over, I opened myself and did training in the new hotels. I did the same thing with Capella. 
over 50 Ritz cards I opened myself, by the way. It doesn't matter whatever I one of them. And, I, and every time I flew back from wherever we opened the hotel back to our headquarters where I lived in Atlanta, I prayed that at least one person understood what I was teaching, would take it and would win again success. I hope all, but at least one. So I, so I opened the Ritz-Carlton in Bali, wonderful hotel. And I was teaching the people there and, and so on. And then I left Ritz-Carlton, started a new hotel company. And, and, and a couple of years later, the owner of the Ritz-Carlton Bali called me and said, I have dismissed Ritz-Carlton from Manu. Hotel companies don't own hotels, they manage hotels, just so you understand. So Ritz-Carlton, we didn't own, we manage hotels, everybody does. So the owner called me and said, I have this mystery Ritz-Carlton, would you want to run it now as in your new company? And I said, certainly, I would love to, happy, excited. So I went to Bali to take over that hotel, which I had opened as Ritz-Carlton. And we gave a big reception for the dignitaries of the island and the tourist people. And there was about 800,000 people there. And all of a sudden, a young man came to me and said, do you have a minute, Mr. Schulze? And I said, sure, I do. And he said, you know, when you opened this hotel as a Ritz-Carlton, I was a banquet server. I listened to all the teaching that you did with the managers. And you always wrote on a flip chart. And when you left the room, I sneaked back in and took the flip charts. I still have them. I know every word you said, and I applied every word into my life. I'm now the general manager of this large hotel in Obud and Bali. And I said, thank you, Lord. So I know somebody got it. And then I said, that was the most fulfilling moment probably in my career. It was so fulfilling. It was so overwhelming that this young man got it. He mm -hmm. took it. He got it. He lived by it. He, he, he repeated every word, but not unrepeated. He got it. He had embraced it. He made it himself and, and, and applied it probably better than I did. And, but that was fulfilling. I would like to hear more stories like that, mm. that, that it was worse that you actually contributed to, to an individual. Again, as I touched on early, maybe before our show even, one of the great honors of being a leader of a company one of the great honors to be a manager of a company or manager of a department is simply, it gives you a chance to positively impact for success other human beings. What a great honor. So that is what I would love to see. Can I just encourage you? There's a, another person that you've impacted, uh, as I'm sure you've impacted many others, but a young 24-year-old Australian boy or man, I should say man, here in Sydney, Australia, that when I got, when I heard about you for the very first time and I read your book, it, it brought back a lot of memories for my grandfather, but also for my parents teaching me and a lot of mentors in my life. But I just need to say thank you for being a mentor to me from afar. Thank you for making an impact in my life because every single day that I get up, I put into practice as best as I possibly can all the things that I learned from this book, 
all the things that you teach outside of the book too that have just helped me enormously and I I won't ever stop. <laughs> and I hope to do not just you proud, but everyone else proud at the same time to make an impact in the lives of others as well. So thank you so much, Mr. Schultze, for, for everything. Delighted to be with you and, and God bless you all in Australia. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.